0: Listening to First Church Charlotte. Welcome, everybody. My name's Nathan. Thank you for watching. I am talking for a few moments here tonight from this subject, finished with prophets. Yes, you heard that correctly. Hopefully, it piques your interest. Finished with prophets. So let me start by. Uh, telling you a little story from the uh, Elms household. Uh, My little girl got in trouble, uh, not any serious trouble, of course. She's just in first grade, but uh, she got in trouble for watching some scary stuff on her iPad. And the solution was uh, we took her iPad away. And she, having lost her iPad, proceeded to follow me everywhere I went in the house and forced me to interact with her, talk to her, play with her. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm working, I have a home office. I, I, I work at home and uh, she's just driving me nuts. I mean, I wish I could say that in a dignified manner where you thought, oh, what a great dad peenate is. <laughs> but no, I, I can't do that. I, she was driving me nuts. And you guys are like righteous and y'all don't understand what that means, but uh, it was one of those days. And uh, finally I said, (laughs) Ellery, Ellery, just because you got in trouble and just because you lost your iPad, doesn't mean you get to follow me around the house and drive me crazy. And she stopped and she looked at me with the most serious and innocent expression on her face. Don't be fooled, she's a little devil, but she had the most angelic expression on her face. And she said, Daddy, that's not what I'm doing. And I realized she was right, she was just having fun. And I said, in that moment, you know, thinking that I was just being a bad dad, I thought to myself, uh, I needed to maybe apologize. And so I said, you're right, baby, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just being grumpy. Well, <laughs> so she loves the little restaurant called Bad Daddy's, and uh, she will occasionally uh, use that against me. And she smiled real brightly and she said, bad daddies. Yeah. So that's how it goes in my house. I can't get any respect. Uh, if, if you've ever worked for a moody boss or you've ever worked with someone who is very moody, you find yourself trying to gauge what mood they're in before you bring a problem to them, before you... Uh, Interact with them before you ask for permission to do anything. You're always trying to judge how they're doing because you don't know which version of them you're going to get. Are they just having a grumpy day? Are they having an angry day? Is this a bad day to ask for anything? You see where I'm going with this. Now, I want to tell you another story. Uh, There is a theologian of the last last century, of some note, his name is T.F. Torrance, And he, before he was a theologian and known in the larger, you know, Christendom, uh, he was a chaplain uh, during World War II. And he was with the infantry advancing across uh, Italy. And that was his real first, uh, his first ministry was as a chaplain, a wartime chaplain. And he tells a story about one uh, young soldier who was dying and uh, he was there with that young man who was dying. A man knew he was dying. And he asked him this. He said, is, now remember, this is a soldier asking the future theologian, um, is Jesus really what God is like? Now think about that question. Is Jesus really what God is like? Well, it's a fair question. I'll tell you why. Because if you simply read uh, various passages, you'll find that the the image of God is very much related to the person who is seeking to see him, seeking to communicate him. Uh, This isn't a bad thing. It's true of all of us. We know God in different seasons of our life. We have experiences, divine experiences in different, Uh, arenas of our life and the result is we end up shading who God is uh, depending on what we can see from where we are now uh, let's talk about prophets if you look at prophets old testament prophets you will find there's a, a very clear distinct view of God that is given and it is a God of judgment now, God is a God of judgment, but that is not the whole of who he is. In fact, if judgment is the only part of God you can see, uh, you're going to miss the whole New Testament. You're, you're, you're a fish out of water, or shall we say, a believer in the wrong dispensation. Um, if you have a personality inclination to really like the God of judgment, I I'm always tickled by, by people who love it when the preacher gets, gets on to somebody and tells somebody off. And it's funny because if you ever do that as a pastor, it's like you get a totally different set of compliments. Um, and th- th- that's fine. It's fun even. Um, but if you read Old Testament prophets, you are very much getting a God of, of, of judgment. Um, or if you want to say it a nicer way, you say a God of justice. Uh, that is what you get. Let me, let me give you an example of this. The last chapters of the book of Ezekiel run through nine judgments, nine judgments against the nations and their kings. And then it ends up with the prophecy of the destruction of the house of Israel. That's Ezekiel. Um, Jeremiah ends in the same manner. Ten divine judgments, nine against foreign nations, and the last upon Judah itself. Uh, You're getting the the idea here. Isaiah has the same type of a pattern between chapters 13 and chapters 23. Now, these are the, the, the major prophets, and all of them have this continuity of divine communication as if they all anointed of the Holy Spirit. And don't doubt that they were not, they absolutely were. They all speak of divine frustration, divine judgment, and even in the judgment and the frustration and the spiritual uh, rebuke, there is threads of hope, yes. There is promise of renewal, yes, but if you pretend like that thread of hope uh, is the emotional experience people have reading these books, um, you may not have met the God of the judges. And so here this is what I want you to see this young soldier never going to you know have children, never going to get married. I, I'm assuming he he may have. you understand what I'm saying. His future life is denied to him, and he's aware of his death. This is a hard-fought campaign, lots of death. They've seen lots of people die. Um, After a while, you kind of have a sense. And he asks, is Jesus what God is really like? The answer, of course, is yes. And I'm gonna tell you why the answer is yes. If that were just my opinion, then perhaps you should, you know, consider it. But at the end of the day, remind yourself that, you know, pre- preachers and pastors they have opinions, and uh, that doesn't mean that they're automatically right. You see, um, this isn't just my opinion. Uh, following these this era of the ju- of the, the the prophets and their judgment, following this era, will will come four hundred years of silence. When it, when it is as though uh, God stopped speaking to his people. And the next thing that will happen is that God will speak for himself and Jesus will speak as the prophet. Do you see? Uh, a prophet is one who speaks for God. Um, Jesus becomes the literal manifestation of God here on the earth. And so Jesus comes with hope for the broken hearted. He comes with the promise of liberty for the captive. He comes with the promise of spiritual regeneration to that which is dead, do you see? Um, Jesus becomes not just a prophet, but the great prophet, or if you'll allow me, the, (laughs) the prophet of prophets. He is the summation where God speaks for himself. So let me say it this way after the prophets speak for god and rightly so speaking of judgment and justice god decides to speak for himself jesus is born and so if you've ever wondered which like like having a moody boss you know which boss are you going to get today or or having a um, a grumpy dad you know is dad going to be grumpy today or is he generous today um if you ever wondered which god you're going to get is is this whole Jesus slash hope slash forgiveness slash uh, came not for the righteous, but sinners to repentance, uh, came not to be served, but to serve and be a ransom for many, a covering. Uh, is all this just a type of religious feel good bait and switch? And then when you get to heaven, you're going to find out the real God was not, you know, the the talking to uh, Zacchaeus in a tree, or healing the woman with the issue of blood—that was like the marketing Jesus and the re- or a marketing God and the real God. Real God was really the Old Testament God of justice and judgment and even divine wrath. Is there going to be a bait and switch here? Which God? am I going to end up with? Well, I want you to know, I want to settle it not as a pastoral opinion, not as a commentator's theory. I want to settle it as God standing in for himself. He's allowed the prophets to speak for him. That's not really getting where we are finally going to go. We're going to end up at the gospel. We're going to end up at the promise And so Jesus becomes the mouthpiece of God. And just as this uh, T.F. Lawrence, future theologian, was able to say to the dying soldier, yes, Jesus is what God is like. I want, to, I want all of us to realize when I as a preacher preach about hope and grace and renewal and repentance and I say God loves you and God wants to walk with you and he wants to know you, I'm not just giving you the, the marketing version of God. I'm not just giving you the, the, the sweet you know Sunday school version. I'm giving you God as he would give himself to you because after the prophets were finished, he spoke for himself. Do you see? There is hope for you, there is renewal for you, there is spiritual regeneration for you, the old can be washed away, all things can be made new. Yes, Jesus is who God really is, and Jesus in his manifest love and care, spiritual embrace of the fallen and the broken and the needy, that's really what God is like. He spoke for himself. Now that truth is so profoundly established that although prophets would continue, they would be built on top of the gospel. Do you see? Yes, so prophecy is real. Prophecy is a part of the divine gift to the church. But the prophets of today build upon the gospel. They do not primarily bring you a sense of God's contempt for you. We have prophecy for today, but it's built upon the gospel. The gospel was God speaking for himself who he is and who he wanted to be in your life and in my life. Let's embrace that truth. Let's live as though hope is real. Let's sing it. Let's turn it into praise. Let's turn it into worship. Lord, I pray you would walk with us. I pray you would lead us by your mighty hand. I pray you would guide us Wash us of our transgressions and sins and let our hearts be regenerated so the things of this world lose their attractiveness to us and we begin to focus our attention on things above. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, we love you, have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast